It's Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extremists. We look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every pay-per-view special and things in between. Yourself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What is happening, Jay? Did you describe it as thingy things? I did respond. Yeah, well, my mind went blank because um, my dishwasher yeah. finished and it threw me out. Oh, okay. Well, you know, good. Good. The dish was finished. That's important. Um, so I can concentrate and, on thingy uh, things now. They're not yeah, hardcore thingy enough. Being, thingy things being pay per views that we are still reeling from. Um, we are not quite pelluzed free just yet. We're not pelluzed free. There's still a lot, a lot going on. Um, there's still some confusing bits. I feel like an hour is not long enough to really get them where they need to be at this point. There's a lot of sort of no. jol- and, jolting. And yeah. I mean, the, we, we've seen this a lot with EZW and, and this is no different. Um, interesting decisions, interesting positions they find themselves coming out of. And uh, yeah, they... they um, they continue to kind of uh, have to rejig, don't they? They do. I mean, um, I'm, I'm guessing out of all the companies, this is sort of um, the one that has to sort of think on the fly the most at the time because they lose people and they're, they're I guess they're scared of long-term booking because their yeah. talent moves more frequently than the others. I think that's fair. So um, uh, Yeah, I, I, I think you could, you can argue that. And I think that, um, there's a a difficulty in what stories they're trying to tell, um, and because every time they seem to take a few steps forward, then uh, you know someone disappears and turns up on one of the, the distinguished competitions. So it's um, yeah, it is. It's it's a, a tricky situation for them. I have no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and I think probably maybe Stevie sort of affected it more than Raven. I'd say because. I felt like Stevie, they really felt was going to be sort of the guy and all that. They kind of, they sort of struggled to almost, I don't want to say get behind anyone, but yeah, it feels like that sort of affects him and obviously Raven. But yeah, there's been, um, and Saturn, because they've been loads, haven't they? They have. And, and you know, we're, we're probably not far away from the next batch as well. Yeah. Like we said, yeah, things like, um, yeah, your Sandmans and, a couple others, so that's, the, that's the, mm. yeah, crazy. But we have got cool people turning up, so keeps going. Um, this week we're looking at episode 264 and 265 of ECW Hardcore TV. We are still in 1998. May, June, June, June. Uh, end of May. End of May. Towards just that works. Um, you see, um, now, Brian Myers has started an ECW podcast. I have. I've not listened to it yet, but um, he has. And how are you finding it? Yeah, it's good. At the beginning, he said he thought he'd do one because no one's doing an ECW podcast. All right. Hello. I mean, that hurts. It felt personal. All right. Well, maybe we'll start a toy one because no one's doing a toy podcast. Well, there's, there's, um, we're going to do an invasion. I mean, he's got... He's, Got slightly better connections than us, you know. First, I mean, first episode, um, Nova 
her Steve Carino, Francine, just incredible. But you know, um, you say that, but you know, where's the Super Destroyers? Exactly. You know, you got know? yourself a, a, a where's a Luke fan. Had Austin. You know, where's Osman? Where, where are the real, real legends yeah. of the game? Weekend Warrior Glenn Osborne, where are they? Eh? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, in all seriousness, it's a fun show. He, he seems to just dive into events rather than the whole thing. So they talk about Heatwave 2000, a lot of the XPW stuff, um, and just the rest of the experience of the nights and all that. So all jokes aside, it, it seems quite a fun show and obviously has different sort of take than what we're doing it because we're from the fan side. But it's um, if you're into ECW, which I'm assuming you are, if you listen to this, you haven't checked it out. That's a good little add to your collection of extreme podcasts. Absolutely. The the, the revolution grows. It is, and I'm sure he'll return the favour and give us a little shout out. Um, and if it's not, it's because he's scared of the competition. <laughs> so, yeah, episode 264, we start off with a promo from Joel Gertner and the Dudleys. Um, a fired up Dudleys, I felt here. I mean, they've been very much on the back burner for a while. Obviously, the Dreamer sort of Sandman feud, but they haven't really been involved in the title picture that they should be, in my opinion, because they sort of were at the peak, they were everything, and now they've sort of just dwindled somewhat. I don't really know why. So they're very much sort of coming out here saying, it's violence you want, it's violence you're going to get. They seem fired up. Um, I'm all for this. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, so basically they're um, they talk about how um, uh, their father um, was was a violent man and used to beat them. So any beatings that you think you can give out are nothing compared to what they've already received. Uh, And this is the thing, knowing what we see, knowing where they go with this. I like this because you know I I know that the, the the level of violence that they are talking about. I like the 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 fact that they have simply said, "All right, here we go," and and that they deliver. Yeah, it wasn't a full reset. It was a a whole sort of like you know, don't forget us. We're still the the baddest motherfuckers in town, and if we have to prove it to you, we will do by any means necessary. And it's sort of, it's got yeah. that sort of, and it, you know, it, it's a hole in it. I mean, it, the tag team division is it, dwindling. It's caught in a feud and the belts are being sort of held hostage as such. And it's, um, yes. yeah, I'm, I see where they're going and all that, but it's, it's good that the Dudleys are sort of poking their head above water again and saying, nah. So, yeah, enjoyed it. It was a good start to the show. It was nice sort of. Strong. We then had Joey Styles, and he was interrupted by Taz, who suddenly decided he was going to do commentating, which led to a very strange five minutes, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, what 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 they do with varying levels of success is integrate the Joey Styles stuff with what's happening to to make it look as if it's all live, and he's talking to the camera and throwing to them when they wander off and obviously it's not obviously it's all um post-production and, and stuff like that but um uh he or, or 
or not recorded at the right time, as we've seen with some of the matches in the ring that you can see or the chants that are going on in the crowd whilst Joey is talking about something completely different. Um, but yeah, the, 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 it's meant to be that Joey Styles is getting ready to uh, commentate on a match between Chris Chetty and Simon, Dime, uh, Simon no, Dan Doring. Um, we'll get to Simon Diamond. Um, and Taz decides to join him on commentary. Um, and then very quickly decides not to join him on commentary because apparently Danny Doring is the franchise. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Again, it was almost... It was an angle that didn't make any sense because Chris Chetty versus Danny Doring is the match that started. And Taz then becomes obsessed that his cousin is trying to sort of steal his thing and, and fight Shane Douglas when it's really Danny Doring. And it, it felt very Shane Douglas versus Al Snow, sort of... Yeah, I mean, so it was quite weird. weird in a whole kind of, you know, he's wearing his colours, he's this, he's that, and you're kind of sitting there going, I don't quite get, I mean, is he, does he know that that's not true and he's just kind of, you know, I mean, lying because he wants to go out and prove a point? It, it could have or... it could have led to a great angle where every match, Taz would be in a ring and they'd introduce him and his opponent and every like time Taz would sort of grab the commentator and make him like being his opponent be introduced as the franchise Shane Douglas and whoever yep. it was and, and he just beats the crap out of them and very quickly on you 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 get the the opponents begging not to be introduced that way because they know that the moment he's flip a switch. called him yeah. the franchise yeah they could left it think really they could again they could do something like that now it'd be really cool if you become so obsessed it'd be like tonight your name's blah 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 and they sort of just um that'd be pretty good but yeah so Taz sort of comes out to the ring uh, takes a long walk it wasn't a massive arena but good lord did well it he seem... walks around to the guy who basically seems to be in charge of the CD player he gets a lot of heat um, and demands his music this guy gets a lot of heat if it's not Candido and Storm it's Taz I know everyone's very demanding no one says please it's hard changing those CDs I suppose it, they're trying to do the whole a complete opposite of uh, I guess WWE where if it's a surprise run out why would your music play I guess they're sort of trying to explain their saying play my uh, yeah you... I mean I, I I get that but it's it's dangerous because whilst you're doing that and I see that and I absolutely see that point you're also making yourself look quite tin pot because you get to see the guy with the CD player. Yeah. Did you ever see the the AAA thing a couple of years ago with Vampiro? Where Vampiro, Which one? Uh, Vampiro was basically on commentary and Conan was calling them out. And Vampiro's cue was to get in the ring, but he refused to get in the ring so they played his music. So he was basically on the commentary sort of Mike's going, where's my fucking music? Someone play my fucking music. And Matt Strike is there desperately trying to explain that it's his music that lets the fans know that Vampiro is here, that lists Vampiro. And trying to explain why Vampiro has just completely lost his head and is saying, where's my music? Someone play my fucking music. Have you seen that? I haven't. I'll share it. I will be searching it out. I'll share it. Yeah, we'll, we'll share it on our um, on Twitter, at underscore sports arena. Um, because it is, it's, if you haven't seen it, it's just 
it's almost like the other extreme of this. It's, it's bonkers because that's like a shoot and it's yeah, so awkward. Um, but yeah, no, so he sort of goes and asks for his music to put in. It's a good walking song, so I get it. Eventually he gets to the ring. Um, it's not a bad start to the show. I mean, obviously with the Dudleys and this, I didn't mind it. You sort of know that Taz is sort of there. And then it gets a little bit strange when Sabu sort of comes out and they make reference to Chetty being Taz's cousin for the 13th time and decide he wants to beat him up because that feud's not over. It will never be over. So then we have um, Sabu versus Chetty spontaneously. Yeah. Uh, um, so Sabu kind of makes the save, but only makes the save so that he can beat him up himself. Yeah. And it's just, again, I like it because uh, it's probably not, you know, their intention. So I don't know what's going on in WWE at the time, but it feels like the fast-paced Attitude Era start to a match where people this time have got short uh, attention spans and you're very much just like, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? And you've gone from like Taz to commentary to Taz in the ring to this match is now interrupted to, oh my God, we suddenly got Sabu, another megastar in a spontaneous match. And it just feels like you're just on it, on it, on it. Yeah. And it feels like they were sort of going for that. We're just like, ECW's wild. Everyone's just fighting constantly. Like, what a show. You can't miss it. It, it felt like they were going for that. Um, and, and you know, they do very well at that on some bits. I mean, we've we've talked before about how it's such a 21st century product in certain ways because it's all very gifable and tweetable and massively you know it would it would be it would you know have those shots and those bits that would go viral with with what they do um still do to this day you know you'll you'll see some of the stuff go around um but yeah it's 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 they throw a lot against the wall uh yeah and um it's always harder in a in an edited show like this, obviously Nitro and Raw being you know, sort of somewhat live at this point, but sort of very much free flowing. When this is just a bunch of different events sort of cropped together, it, it sort of does take away from the next segment, next segment kind of that you'd get on a pay per view for ECW. But um, yeah, still great start. Sabu looked good. Um, Chetty looked pretty good as well. It was a fun match while it lasted. And um, Sabu picked up the win, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think it was one of those matches where you really start to see the benefit of Bill Alfonso um, to Sabu. Yeah. You know, he, he, he really, in this one, starts, set, starts very apparently setting up the tables and uh, repositioning Chris Chetty and... Uh, playing for the camera while Sabu does whatever Sabu needs to do to um, to, to set up. So yeah, it was um, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, yeah, it works. It worked. Um, next up, except <laughs> we had a rematch from Wrestlepalooza, but this is really a rematch of a rematch of a rematch of a rematch. I think the last five weeks, they like to go for runs where we get the same match over a period of time. And this time it's um, FBI versus Mini and Nova. 
that seems to be that reoccurring match every week. Since obviously meaning Nova dedicate, they're going to take it seriously and get involved. This has led us to this. Yes. And um, the disrespect in this match. <laughs> you love a good respect angle. I, I, I do. I do. And, and I hate a disrespect angle. And, you know, obviously all that, that FBI made my blood boil. They went too far. They crossed the line. And um, um, because at the end of this, they, um, so the match kind of never really gets going hugely and kind of beats up and blah, blah, blah. Um, and um, at the end, they, they suck a punch and beat them up. And um, they, they take it so far that they, absolutely, they actually wipe the makeup off of Meanie's face. No. Meanie, who's got a lovely new action figure coming out, I might say. So very much um, in the retro style. So that's a pretty good figure. We, we messaged out on them at the school sports arena on Instagram. We showed like pictures of his new little say Hasbro inspired figure so that's pretty good bon, bon, bon. yeah so that match never really got going um, next up we had a promo from Al Snow sort of yeah this, this felt like massive massive sort of um old bit of footage they decided just to put in. What do you think? Yeah. Um, there was no, there was no context to it. Um, there's, there's nothing really to it again. Now, again, the, the, the big problem is we had, we had the serious Al Snow who, who was taking on Shane Douglas 15 years, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we then had the respect angle where everyone runs out and puts them on their shoulders. Um, and then we have this. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's just too all over the place for um, any sort of form of consistency. Either the guy's crazy or he's, or he's not. You can't have, I'm just pretend crazy. I need this more than life to win this title. You know, you, you can't. I understand the story and the, the backstory is somewhat better than the real story in the sense that, you know, it is true. He's sort of been around and first sort of pay-per-view main event and everything, but it's not his, it's not his character. You know, like you can't do it with like Meanie or any of these. It just wouldn't, if you're that character, you're that character. Yeah. So um, this just, I don't know, it might've been new, but it just felt like an old thing that they just kind of, through in, he was kind of mumbling to, to head at the stairs, the camera up there, and um, he just asked for privacy, really. So, yeah, he, he wants a private conversation on a stairwell, yeah, with his, he's perfectly feasible. Yeah. Uh, we then heard from our, uh, we heard about Douglas, wasn't it? He's still injured. Um, we were going to get 
Storm versus uh, Jamie Dundee from PG-13. And the triple threat came out. Um, you sort of get a brief promo from the triple threat. Kind of running everything. Is this the one where they invited Storm to join the triple threat? Yes. Well, Candido did anyway. Yes. So, yeah, Candido basically said, look, come on, just get involved in the triple threat, join it. And he's like, no. And they're like, how dare you turn down the triple threat? And he's like, bam, bam, I think you're amazing. Shane, I think you're amazing. Kick Candido out the triple threat and I'll join. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like it was set up a turn that was never going to come. It's a really interesting one in the sense of I don't quite know why you've gone back to this um, bit. Um, you know, do you need to um, do you need that as your hook? Um, it, yeah, you know, it's a relationship that's already kind of spiraling and and a feud that's already heated. Why do you need to to retease the joining, even to him having him throw up the fingers before hitting him with the belt, kind of thing? Yeah, it just it just kind of felt like a bit of a a segment for the sake of a segment. Like it was it was weird. Like I said, we've come too far to go back to this, you know, and it, it just not really none of it's needed at this point. You know, they just need to, um, I guess they have a match, but they've had, like, multiple matches. They have. And the, the yeah, it's just kind of... Um, tag things. Yeah, it's and... just kind of all spinning at the moment. It's very, very bizarre, like, what's going on with it all. It just feels like they're stalling, or they don't know how to get out of it, or... I mean, they're great. They're both, like, goods. But like I said, I just feel it's holding up the... Um, the tag division, this feud doesn't need the belts anymore. Because it's not based around the belts. You know, they, they could have had so much fun with, you know, Candido like trying to lose all the time or something and but Storm keeps saving him and he's getting really frustrated and end up winning or they could have just been anything like this, but it's just sort of um Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like what apart from what is their incentive? I know you could say being tag team champions, but what's their incentive for continuing to like win? Yeah, and you know they had that whole kind of if you don't really try, then we're gonna blah 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 blah. It's like well, yeah, but um, on the other side of that, why? Why? That's it. If, if you don't honestly try and show you're the best team ever, then that's it. Everyone's getting fired. Yeah, so that basically happened. It ended up with Lance Storm versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, this was okay. It never really got going, in my opinion. It's sort of like fairly quick, and it was it sort of never really sort of got out of like first gear. Like it could have been like fun, but it just it just wasn't really. It's just sort of a thing. So, how do you feel about it? Yeah, it's it. 
it's all built around the fact that Shane Douglas is out for ever. Yeah. Um, and that's really, you know, I get that and I get what they're trying to do. However, I have a slight issue in the sense that you, 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 he's your champion. Uh, it just feels a little lame duck at the moment with him being a champion. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's obviously led to like, you know, other sort of future bits of what Taz does and stuff like this. I don't know if that's uh, always the plan or that they do it as something to try and stall some time because Douglas is so badly injured that they kind of thought, wow, we need like plan B here. But yeah, no, Douglas being injured definitely seems to hold up like everything, which is, um, strange it shouldn't really sort of affect these guys but yeah um that happened we then got highlights of rbd versus doug furness um joey Styles saying that doug furness knows rbd better than anyone yeah because they had a couple of matches in japan one time yeah i mean as he's again there's nothing wrong with that claim if his whole angle wasn't sort of based around him and Sabu knowing each other better than anyone and them sort of feuding but being a... and Sabu and Taz knowing each other better than anyone yeah do you know what I mean it's sort of like it's so it's such an unnecessary statement but it's sort of you're putting over a match that we're not even really watching because it's just highlights on a massive positive yeah. note there's no better match than an RVD highlight match his normal match is obviously phenomenal but if you're just showing snippets of greatness man like you make this guy seem like an even bigger megastar and it would pop a rating and make you want to see his whole sort of unedited matches on pay-per-views absolutely i mean he is um he he's he's fantastic and then when you edit so that you don't have so much it's it's more the dead time i think that you managed to edit out yeah so you literally um, just like yeah, he's just showing like bang 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 and like he looked like a million bucks. Literally every clip was just another. It was similar way with him versus Al Snow, which is why I sort of was loving that. It was just literally just cut to like amazing bit, cut to another amazing bit, cut to another amazing bit. You'd like, God, this like is absolutely phenomenal. So um, yeah. yeah, very very well done and sort of a, a good way to sort of get sort of RVD over again with um, Furnace. He keeps popping up. Um, another one they're not sure what to do with. So, you know, they had such, they seem to have such plans for him and, was it Doug Cravat or? Uh, Phil Lafon, wasn't it? Yeah, but before oh, he was Lafon, his real oh, name. I never remember his real name. I always known him as Phil Lafon. Cravat or something. Mm. But this. Um, but yes, uh, they they seem to have such big plans for the team, you know, putting them up against the eliminators and, uh, you know, just bigging up this this incredible team from all Japan and blah 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 blah, yeah. and they've never really been able to to pull the trigger with them. They've never really been able to to do what they need to do with them. Yeah, no, it's um, it's weird. I mean, they're, they're all they're all solid. They've very much got that um, 
at the time kind of Malenko Benoit vibe in the sense that they're amazing workers, but that they could have massively done with like a mouthpiece. Just to sort of let you know why they're amazing workers and and all this. Because yeah. they just they 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 put out amazing matches every time, but you never know any rhyme or reason why they're there, kind of. There's no sort of angle or story to get in there. You just hold they're coming to the ring and this is gonna be an amazing match. Just accept it. Which is which is fine on the occasion, but it's just for them to progress, you need like something to sort of go along with it. But um, yeah, I'm guessing the whole WWE angle's dropped now. There, everyone's gone. Uh, well, we've still got drop draws at this somewhere in this. But, but Dory, um, no reference of it this week or the next week. No, that's true. No, that's that's absolutely true. So I just kind of feel like. It, it was. It was. It had to blow off, and then it was just later, sort of fade along, painful death, really. And um, yeah, uh, Bill Alfonso, quick promo. What do you think about this? It's fine. Yeah, just there was nothing really to it. Know, just sort of a quick uh, Sabu RVD sort of situation. Yep, this is our belt. We then had an interesting um, Lance Storm uh, basically saying to Candido pretty much about doing another dream tag team partner match. Yep. Um, So Candido's like Bam Bam Bigelow then cuts and he goes, you can't have a member of the triple threat. So he pulls Sabu out and Lance Storm pulls out RVD. Yep. Which again... It's fine. It's going to be an amazing match. You can tell. But again, it's just like, why are we doing another dream partner match? You'd think at some point the answer would be you both pick a partner and the winner gets the tag titles. Yeah. Which is what we've seen, how we've seen this transpire every other time we've had a situation like this. But for some reason, they don't wish to do that. They wish to have them lose. Yeah, it's, it's just so um, it's so bizarre. But um, that's how we ended the show. So, yeah, not a bad episode. There's some good batches on there and, um, and good bits. You sort of plod along. It's just a confusion of the tag team titles for me at the moment. That's my stumbling block. But the matches themselves are... Phenomenal. It's just it doesn't need the belts, in my opinion. All right, so we've got episode 265. Um, it kicks off with, I consider, a fairly massive moment in ECW's history as um, Taz um, comes to the ring and introduces the FTW um, World Championship, a belt that obviously has just been recently reintroduced in AEW with Brian Cage. This was its initial um, incarnation. Um, how do you feel about this? Um, so I love the I love the concept. Um, it's not the design of the belt that I really yeah. like. That comes later. Um, it's the WWF style plates, the Wind Eagle style plates, 
with FTW on it. Um, love the orange strap, very Taz. Um, but yeah, it just feels it, it, it's not the, the design that I think of when I think of the FTW championship. Um, quite happy um, watching this back on reflection that when he's throwing out names for this championship, you know, you can call it the, 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 the Bronx World Champion. Uh, the Brooklyn World Championship. You can call it the FTW Championship. Um, I'm glad they went for FTW rather than the Brooklyn World Champion. That just wouldn't have had the same kind of longevity, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it, it is. It's an iconic moment, and and it's a, a, a brilliant way of, for them of having a quote unquote champion on their show and defending the belt whilst the actual champion heals up. And also gives, as we'll see later on, Shane Douglas something to work with promo-wise. Because yeah. at the moment, all, all he does is sort of talk about being injured and, and stuff like this. But now this actually gives him a, you know, you're not replacing me kind of angle. You know, is this company trying to replace me? I'm still the fucking yeah. world champion. You know, it gives a nice something for him to get angry and get his sort of bit into. So that sort of works. But, you know, imagine being called the Brooklyn like, world champion. And you think this is your biggest sort of face in the, in the company. And he's got a title that only really puts him over in sort of one area. It's, it'd be insanity. Absolute yeah. insanity. Because it'd be so, especially when they work around the similar area, but sort of rivalry things like that. So, yeah, I mean, so this is the thing we know that the New York Philadelphia rivalry. Um, yeah. You know, you're not even you're not even in Brooklyn. You're in New York City, so it's not even as if you're 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 kind of just down the road That's from. The thing. And he'd, he'd turn up this title and be, you know, oh, announced as that, and it just. Brooklyn in the house. Food out the building. So they, yeah, they did well with that. But um, Bam Bam Bigelow basically comes out and says, "If you want Shane Douglas, you'll go through me." Or last time you had a belt, I took it from you. Uh, if you want Shane Douglas, you'll go. I put you through the yeah. ring, and um, they started brawling. Uh, so obviously, this feud is still going. And uh, so this is where I have an issue with the whole, you know, you beat me, you were the better man kind of guy thing. Yeah. Because Taz doesn't really have anywhere to go on this. He, he can't really do the whole kind of, yeah, well, maybe you, you got that, but we both know you tapped first kind of thing. Because he's gone, oh, it doesn't matter. You beat me. It's, you know, none of that's, yeah, none of that matters. Yeah, he sort of set himself up to have to be humble, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Bam Bam can cut the, um, you know, the last time you had a belt, I took it from you by driving you through the ring. And all Taz can go is, come on then. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, obviously it does, but this match has to happen before um, yes. the thing, because um, you, you can't have sort of the slightly lower member of the group have this over sort of Taz, and then Taz go on to try and beat Shane Douglas. He, he, he has yeah. to avenge this to move forward. He does. And you also need to have him fight his way through. The whole reason you've got Shane Douglas behind the triple threat is so that they can be fed to Taz on his journey up. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it's it it's set up <coughs> for exactly that, but um, yeah, yeah, no, massively. Uh, we then get just incredible versus Jerry Lynn. Um, little to no build for this. It was just kind of, I guess, a throwaway match on the show. But what an amazing match! This is easily Jerry Lynn's best match since we've seen him debut. Absolutely. And um, as each week goes, we always sort of say, you know, the best match. And I'd say this is probably the best match over the two shows that we covered. It was really a nice, nice bit of, nice bit of stuff here. And I even like the fact that. Jerry Styles is like WCW misused him, WWE misused him, and yeah, you, know, you know what? He, so he got to that point, and I'm thinking, to be fair, yeah, um, you know, you, you can argue about <clears throat> them misusing him, but actually, and then the answer was, and you could say that ECW has misused him, and I kind of went, yeah, all right, well, yeah. you stole that one from me, didn't you? Okay, that's fair enough. I, I thought, and I thought, John, I, I respect that. That's, that's fair enough. Because they have this point, and obviously this is if this is the turning point to um, get Lynn more of a, a spotlight, I'm um, I'm all up for it because he looked he looked good here and picked up the win. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, if you choose to just only watch one thing from these two shows, this uh, match wise, this this would be the um, the match. Absolutely. And if it's two things, it's this plus the Taz promo introducing the FTW Championship. I yeah, think. it's just what's the beginning of the show, really. And just follow it through. And get them both back to back, and it's perfect. Um, duh, 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 duh. Next up, we get Danny Dorian versus Sabu. It's pretty straightforward. Sabu wins. Joey Style even comments and describes this as all Sabu. And I think that's the only way you can really describe it. It was um, another showcase for Sabu to keep him sort of relevant and ticking and just getting some wins under the belt as he moves forward. And yeah. So really that, wasn't it? Um, promo from Shane Douglas from Pittsburgh. He takes shots at Taz, but saying it's a fake belt and all this. He then somehow turns his attention to the NWO which I thought was um, slightly strange. Yeah, <clears throat> one of those kind of. So it, it was a. It was, he was playing on the, uh, you know, they say they're for life. In the triple threat, you're not for life. You're only as good as you. For, you're only in the triple threat for as long as you can hold your own, and you know you are a value to the triple threat, which I, which I sort um, of respected in a way. It's a different approach. It's just like, you know, we're not a family. We're an elite group. If you're not elite, then you're gone. You know, it, it sort of felt like we're not we're not just having any refresh join our group that consists of only three members. Otherwise, it gets weird. No, and, and you know, you, you can argue about the, trip, the, 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 the NWO for life because so many of them left and got kicked out and that's the thing so it was, it was yeah, yeah it, was, it was kind of good and obviously it, like I said we said earlier on um, another positive apart from obviously giving Taz something to do and it, you know the, the inclusion of this belt suddenly gives Shane Douglas something to be fired up about because 
he can almost go for the paranoid. He's being replaced because of the new champion. But I don't recognise yep. the champion. But the pretender. Yeah, but just yeah. so everyone know it's not a world champion, but you know, he's a world champion. And it's kind of cool from that sort of standpoint. So I liked it. It was um, a decent little promo. Um, Chris Candido versus a returning Jamie Dundee from PG-13. <sighs> um, yeah, pretty decent Candido showcase, really. Just building up to the big tag yeah. match next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't think there's such a thing as a bad Candido no. match. Um, I think Jamie Dundee tried to to see whether he could get a bad Candido match. But yeah, it was it was I mean it was it was a good enough match. Yeah, I think so. It sort of um it sort of worked. We then sort of went to the main event, which is Rob Van Dam versus Mikey Whitbreck. Uh a match that I never really knew I wanted until I saw they were sort of facing off. I don't really know how much we've seen in face. <laughs> I feel like we have. It doesn't no. feel frequent. No, I don't. I don't think we've seen them often at all. But do you know, do you know what I mean? Though you sort um, of, it's weird because you sort of very much get caught up in this ECW bubble of all these people, <clears throat> but you never realise how many are sort of kept away from each other for a period of time. Like, um, for example, like TNA. It wasn't until that came along that I realised that. I always would have enjoyed a Raven versus Sabu feud or Raven versus Shane Douglas feud that we never really got. And yeah. you kind of felt like, wow, you had all this stuff, but you kind of didn't do... I mean, Raven Sabu would have been, you know, some fun in ECW, but it just never happened. So mm. it, it sort of it fell into that a bit for me, where I was just like, oh, RVD, sort of Mikey, you know, why why wouldn't these guys sort of work well together? Like, But, um, yeah, it, it was a fun match. Sort of went back and forth. Uh, it sort of got a bit crazy when Mikey was on a table on the outside, and Sab um, an RVD kind of was mocking Sabo before putting him through the table. But he never got a chance to put him through the table because Sabu ran out and pretty much stole his kill while putting Mikey through the table. Yep, which led to RVD then jumping over and attacking Sabu. Which is weird because he's never really seen him go yep. at it like this. No. So, um, I, I mean, you've you've seen the tease of it because we had the brilliant bit where um, Sabu jumped and was about to jump on him, and 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 Fonzie grabbed hold of his leg and yeah. stopped him. So you've been right up to the line, but this is the point where they've actually got at each other, um, and it's it's building quite nicely towards the. Um, uh, the 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 tag, I think element. so. Um, but yeah, just just so it's kind strange. of strange that happens, and it led to Candido come charging out to help Sabu attack RVD, and eventually Lance Storm came out <clears throat> to help RVD against Sabu and Candido, and this all felt a little bit unnecessary and stupid for me. Yeah. Because one, it's a dream tag team partner match, and now you're acting like you've got two tag teams sort of feuding, but happily teaming up with each other, and it's all just a bit like, I don't know. I mean, yes, so I agree. Um, to their defence, 
it's building on the um the 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 the, the tension that's been between RVD and Sabu ever since RVD well even before RVD stole the the television championship um and beyond so you know the it, it, it they've they've kept this kind of simmering between RVD and Sabu but it does feel as if they're suddenly having to move up into a different space in this feud just to kind of give someone for Candido and, and Lance Storm to, to bounce around with. Yeah, true. I suppose, it, again, it's like, I suppose the thing that I struggle that we've spoken about before is I sort of, I know where this goes. Yes. So, obviously, I know, you know, spoiler, RVD and Sabu do sort of stay as a tag team for quite a period of time. So, it's kind of hard, like I said, to look at it in the mentality when I know it's sort of, when I suppose... If you were to look at this complete pure, never seen it before eyes, you might be thinking, oh, wow, we sort of, is Sabu and Candido going to sort of team up and become like tag team champs? Or is this where they're going with this? So I guess it's kind of hard to look at, looking back when you sort of know if that makes sense. But at the time, you're almost teasing yeah. like sort of two brand new teams. And, you know, is Storm and RVD going to be a faction? And, yeah, it's dissension, yeah. isn't it? It's it's yeah, and it is that point of you know, as you said, because we know what happens next. There's a bit of me that can't suspend my disbelief because I know exactly. what happens next, and I think that's my sort of stumbling block this feud, and yeah, you know, that's more sort of you know me because obviously you know the show was twenty years ago and it is what it is, but um, yeah, no, I'm still looking forward to the match. It's going to be a great sort of tag match, I think. They kept saying that's next week, so I don't know if that's just next week in their world or we actually get that next week. But, um, yeah, fingers crossed we get some form of closure on this. Not like the triple threat and eliminators. I still want... Always wanted that match. Great promo. Never got it. Duck and Gordy. And, um, yeah, it takes us to the end. You could you could have the triple threat versus the gangsternators. That's even better. Best because that's the best bit of the Eliminators. And the best one of the... Yeah, a dream match for someone. I don't know who. Um, how did you find um, the shows this week? Um, I found them really interesting at points, really good at points, and bizarrely nothing at points there's there felt like a lot of filler there's some brilliant moments some really pivotal moments and then about 35 minutes worth of filler ripped wrapped around them yeah it felt like they had massive plans of where they were going but no idea where they were going all at the same it was um yes. but again taz taz continues to grow i don't know if he's holding a slight injury at the moment and they're putting so much emphasis on Shane Douglas being injured that you're sort of not noticing that Taz might be injured because he's not really doing a lot of ring work, is he? No. Uh, I mean, it could be just the the, the yeah the quick kills. It's like the Austin thing. 316 kind of doesn't need to do a match, just sort of come out, be a bad motherfucker, and move on. 
suplex a dude, off you go. Um, but no, it could be. It could be him nursing an injury and them trying to kind of make sure that they don't lose both of their big guys at the same time. Yeah, no, massively. No, so that's interesting. But yeah, all in all, um, yeah, fun shows. Like I said, go out and check out the, the FTW sort of belt segment and check out um, Jerry Lynn versus Justin Incredible. I, I think they're both great things. You won't be disappointed. Um, some good bits in ECW history. And I'd recommend checking those bits out that week. Uh, if you want to, obviously... Oh, gosh. So is Brian Cage the third person to hold the FTW yeah. Championship? Yeah, I think officially the first, because yeah, Taz then... I think... Yeah. Spoilers. Taz. We won't spoil. Taz, then maybe someone else, and then the cage. Brian then Cage, 20 years later. than Cage, yeah. So, but, um, yeah, if you want to get involved in the conversation, there's a lot going on. You know, obviously you've got um, Devon's boys debuting AEW and all other kind of sort of bits that we're talking about. Like I said, the mini action figure, there's loads of cool things sort of connected to Extreme that is still happening simply go to instagram or twitter at underscore sports arena that is us um sometimes we talk about sort of current products a little bit of sort of mlw still watching the underground weekly still a great show carino sort of defending his title against mike awesome jerry lynn versus homicide loads of good stuff happening over there and um yeah MLW are building towards the restart as well. So they've been doing some um, good stuff on Twitter about kind of like the character pieces between some of their, some of their, their wrestlers. They've got some really interesting wrestlers. I, I've always loved MLW's ability to kind of showcase very different style wrestlers, um, very different looking wrestlers as well. Especially in um, a lot, a lot of what we're seeing at the moment in other organizations has been picked up and got their start from MLW, uh, you know, make, um, MJF, for instance, who is a megastar on AEW, um, quite rightly so, um, was doing some very, very good stuff in MLW first and really kind of gave him a bit of exposure and a bit of TV time. And um, yeah, off we go. Some great stuff, uh, feeling with the Heart Foundation in um, MLW. But yeah, like I said, mm. in this massive, like we've got, you know, some you know, quote-unquote bigger organisations, they always manage to pluck out some amazing sort of talent and sort of make it very entertaining, enjoyable shows, whether it's the old ones or obviously, like you said, the um, the restart. So, yeah, definitely get behind MLW, as we say, um, every week. But, um, yeah, apart from that, I think we're pretty good to, good to go. Until next week, we find out about this Dream Tag Team Partner match. What do you think? I, I think it's a dream come true. Dream tag team partner, Palooza. Maybe. Oh, Palooza. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week.